Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash the story Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. So we're doing the intro now? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> exact opposite. <laughs> All right, let's sync real quick. Okay. In so we're syncing three, now. Two, two, one. Should we start? Story. <laughs> do that one more time. All right, we're going to sync now. I thought it was later. excellent. All right, here we go. Ten, In three, three two, two, one. Story. Come on. Have fun with that, Aaron. <laughs> I'm sure he just, sure he just All right, isolates. We get to call him? Yep, let's do it. Aaron? I don't think we should call Aaron right now. I mean, I love him. Matt, you can turn your camera off? Yeah, I am. That's offensive. No, he's right. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Story Men Podcast, episode 152. I am Clay Morgan. I'm J.R. Foresteros. And I am Matt Michelados. We are the Story Men, also podcast and blog over at NorvalRogers.com. Today, a timely topic. We are discussing refugees with a special guest named Andrew Barron, who you will learn more about momentarily. Uh, Matt, you brought this show together it's been in the news uh what in the world have you been doing with all this refugee noise you're creating (laughs) well a lot of people have been talking about refugees lately obviously with the the recent executive order there have been people on all sides talking about uh what does it look like to bring refugees safely into the united states where is it safe to do it from what is the best process all those things uh, but three days before the executive order at Norville Rogers, I shared a story, uh, which, you know, is typically Clay's thing, history, uh, from 1939 <laughs> about <laughs> – that wasn't meant to be a burn. I was just saying I yeah. happen to talk about history, which Whatever. is Clay's domain. Um, but it was about in 1939, a boat called the SS St. Louis – that was full of German refugees. They were Jewish from Germany trying to get uh, through Cuba into the United States. And Cuba turned them away. The United States turned them away. And just the story of what happened to many of them as a result of that. So, And then just saying, you know, when America makes a decision not to take refugees, that there are consequences for people involved. And it wasn't meant really as a political statement, other than to, because it was before the executive order, other than to say, here's a story about refugees and their lives matter. And, and, you know, we need to think about that as we're deciding our policies. And the, the article went crazy. It's actually our most viewed article on Norval Rogers ever, including the Sky Lantern post. So mm. it, it, uh, and it got what, 15,000 shares on Facebook or something. So, wow. yeah, it was pretty intense. It was fun seeing 
kind of the conversation coming out of that as people were sharing their points of view about all that. Was it all fun or just sometimes fun? Uh, no, it wasn't all fun. Some people are mean on the internet. It turns out I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's probably no secret to any of our 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 listeners that all three of us are decidedly pro refugee, and that was part of what you know sharing Matt's uh, sharing his story was about, and and all of the conversation that we've been generating. Um, you know, for the three of us, we. Um, we have a, a strong conviction that there's a, a, an unequivocal biblical case for welcoming refugees, for treating people, especially those who are fleeing from uh, almost certain death or from political tyranny, uh, welcoming them and treating them as, uh, as though they were our own family, our own uh, compatriots. And, and so we wanted to do something on the show that would help people kind of move this conversation forward. And one of the things I'm excited about for the interview that we're going to do here in a few minutes is that I'm pretty sure no matter how you feel about the refugee conversation in the United States right now, uh, this will be a project that you'll be excited about and able to get behind. Like if you're anti people getting killed because they're alive, then this this should be something you're able to get behind, no matter where you are politically, uh, again, no matter what your position on the, the U.S. refugee conversation is. Um, and on a personal note, refugee services is something I've been involved in for a, a good while. I have a number of friends that are that are in the process who work in some aspect of refugee services. Uh, the first time I ever got involved was actually back when I was in grad school. And our friend Demac, uh, the rapper that we've had on the show several times, and then another friend of ours, Dustin, uh, who now lives out in Los Angeles and is a cinematographer, um, the three of us would get in this furniture van once a week, and we would drive around uh, – the city of Columbia, Missouri, where we all went to school, and we would pick up donated furniture uh, and uh, from people. So they'd be like, "Hey, I'm getting rid of this couch, or I'm getting rid of a, a couple of beds, or I'm cleaning out a whole, um, you know, apartment or something like that." And we would collect the furniture, and then that would be given to refugees who were being settled in the city. And so it would it would go into like a big warehouse, and then when a new family would come in, they'd just take out you know an apartment full of furniture and fill the apartment. And uh, now here in uh, in Dallas, the, the small group that we're part of in our church is actually working to uh, partner with refugees. And that's gotten a little tricky now with the executive order. We're not like I was act, I was supposed to go pick up a family from the airport uh, the week that the order was signed. And they contacted me and said, actually, like there's going to be a lot of media attention. And this is going to be one of the last families that's going to be coming in for a while. And so we're going to have like officials from the organization do it rather than just some volunteers. And wow. so we're still kind of figuring out like what exactly it's going to look like moving forward. But our our long-term goal is that our small group would adopt a refugee family and we would like, you know, take them to the zoo or have them over for a barbecue or like just do things to kind of help them acclimate to life in America. And that could, that could even involve um, like resume and interview skills. It could involve English lessons. Like there's, there's, it's kind of endless what the possibilities are here. Um, and of course, none of that is even including what we're, what we're going to be talking about today on the show. So Clay, from a historical perspective, like when did like what do you know about the like the concept of a refugee? Yeah, I was looking it up. You know, the actual the actual word just means someone who needs to seek refuge to take shelter. Um, what what I found interesting and, and refugees obviously have been around for all time, right? We learned Sunday school stories that had people fleeing from from 
whatever fear factor was coming at them. But the interesting tidbit I, I found recently was that uh, the definition changed. It used to it, it was it was applied to the French Huguenots, the Protestants who came out of France, um, running for their lives, and then they came to the New World, where <laughs> even though the French explorers had come to what would become America, um, when the Huguenots came and were being killed by the Spanish, they ran to where the French had settled, and the Catholic French basically didn't accept the Protestant French, even to the point of um, allowing them to die. But in World War I, it changed to mean one who was seeking asylum. And, uh, and that makes sense. World War I is, is really the event that gave us so much of the modern world that we live in now. So it evolved to mean one fleeing home. It was applied in that sense um, for people who are escaping fighting from the First World War. So just the idea... Um, has been applied to you know Jesus pilgrims, people fleeing modern warfare and more. But um, like you said, it's pretty clear to us that we're supposed to feed people who are hungry and clothe people who are needy and to give shelter to those who are desperate. Um, and that might not necessarily mean that it has to even be in the states here, as we'll hear in our interview. Yeah, it's really interesting. It, it like Clay said, this goes back really to the beginning of human history that there are times when times of violence or famine or other things that people just have to leave their homes. And one of the things that's interesting, I've been I've been studying the book of Ruth, I'm kind of doing translation of it. Uh and what's really fascinating is a lot of Jewish commentators think of Ruth as a refugee story. It's about a family that, you know, leaves their home because of famine. And then it's about Ruth coming back to Israel uh, with with the remnants of that family. So it's it's pretty interesting. And, you know, that's a story that's 3,000 years old. Uh, and, and we're talking about the same issue still today. Uh, I think one of the problems with one of the reasons I think especially so many Christians struggle to make these connections is that, as Clay said, refugee is a contemporary word and a contemporary idea. Um, we didn't have the category of refugee in biblical times, even in like medieval times, but we had people who were not able to sustain life, whether that was because of natural disasters like famines in the book of Ruth, or whether that was because of um, political hostility, like it was for Jesus and um, his mother and father when they fled uh, Herod's uh, uh death squads to get to Egypt. Um, but when we look at what makes someone a refugee today, we can look back and see that there were people in the Bible that were they alive and and in the same situation today, they would be tagged as refugees, right? And so we have yeah. we have to do a little bit of we have to do a little bit of work um, to you know build some interpretive bridges between our contemporary world and the ancient world because the the political category of refugee is, is so new. But when once you've done that, uh, I, like 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 we've said, they're they're just all over the place. And you know to and, really simplify it for me, guys, I don't know why I was born in 1970s America, but I was. I've grown up in comfort and ease. You know, it's just been easy. I can't imagine if I was from another country and I had to run for my life and I had nowhere to go. I, that's all, that's all I need to really think about. It's not political. It's, it's not, it can be secular. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's an easy thing for me to see the need. And 
I don't do nearly as much as so many people, but I want to at least learn more. And I think this interview will, will help others do that as well. Yeah, so in just a moment, we'll have Andrew Barron, the CEO of HumanWire, coming to join us to talk about uh, his website and his organization. But we know that you guys can't take it to go a week without us giving you direction in pop culture. <laughs> and so we bring to you, as always, our pop culture picks of the week. I'm going to go first so no one steals mine. Okay. Because um, I know you are all going to. Uh, and also, I do want to say that because we are sponsored by Audible, uh, this is a book you can get on Audible. So I'll tell you more about that in just a second. But it is a book that I found when I was just doing some research on best time machine, uh, time travel books. And it's a book called The Accidental Time Machine by Joe Halderman. Uh, this is a, a, a really fun book. If you ever read uh, Clay's recommendation, Off to Be the Wizard, uh, it's a similar kind of book. Like It's a fun, quirky book, and it's basically about a guy who invents a time machine, but it can only go forward in time. And he's a physics student at MIT, so I mean, it's 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 loosely grounded in real science, but it, it it can only go forward in time, and it kind of it kind of moves on a like a logarithmic scale. So the first time it's only gone for a second, then it's gone for three seconds, then it's gone for like a couple of hours, then it's gone for like a half a day, and he figures out that that every time he pushes it, it, it travels further into the future, and so uh, he kind of keeps moving forward, hoping that at some point someone will have figured out backwards time travel so he can get back home <laughs> and uh it's it's i say it's it's a slight book and that it's not really about any kind of deeper themes but it's it's well written it's got great characters and the number of futures that he goes to are really interesting and really well imagined so so i i enjoyed it uh quite a lot and again like i said this is available on Audible uh, as, a, as an audiobook. So for you listeners of the Storyman podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download uh, with a free 30-day trial uh, to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So you can check out The Accidental Time Machine for free on the Storyman um, and, and let us know what you think of it. Uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash podcast. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podcast for your free audiobook. And please make sure you let us know what you think of it. Nice. Clay, how about you? What do you got? Uh, I'm actually going to go with uh, a film I just watched the other night that was based on a novel and it's called Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. No. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, you can. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect it this this typically isn't my favorite kind of genre. It's um I don't I don't even know what to call it. But classify. you loved X-Men Apocalypse. What's that? You loved X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah, that's that's not that's not like Chronicles of Narnia type fantasy, which is which is what this no, feels like. Okay, tell us what uh, you like I felt about like it was Ms. historical Peregrine. mutants. Historical mutants. Hmm. hmm. I guess you could make the argument that that's what we're talking about. Uh, it does Jr. involve some time travel of a sort. But uh, yeah, it's uh, Asa Butterfield is the lead kid. Terrence Stamp, if everybody remembers Superman two, he was the big bad guy. But he's just a great actor, and Ava Green does a good job. Judy Dench and more. But um, I didn't expect much, and I really enjoyed the film. So Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Matt, you loved that movie too, didn't you? 
I no no comment. <laughs> I love Clay's picks, and I always follow up on them. I'm shocked, Matt, that I've <laughs> picked a movie you didn't like. You know, I'm really picky and cranky in general. That's true. Yeah. This is um, just like when Matt loved Pacific Rim and you didn't, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How and dare that's you guys kind of a deeper insult because it's such a core part of JR's being that movie. Um, okay, mine is I was on vacation recently. I picked up this book at the store. It's called The Reapers Are the Angels. It's by a guy named Alden Bell. And The Reapers Are the Angels is a zombie story, post-apocalyptic, uh, southern gothic. So imagine if Flannery O'Connor... <laughs> Was great, you know, she wasn't quite as talented as she actually was, but she decided to do a zombie novel. And that's kind of what this is. It's got the unique kind of offbeat characters, spiritual themes. Uh, It is well written. It's beautifully written, actually. Uh, And I really love one of the things I really loved about it is the main character is a young woman making her way through zombie world who really just kind of wants to live her life the way life is meant to be lived. She doesn't, she was kind of born early on in the zombie apocalypse and she doesn't see it as this horrible place. She sees it as this is just the world and you have to see the beauty in it and find the good things and, and deal with the bad things. And it's really kind of a beautiful life affirming book, which is a weird thing to say about zombie novels. Subtitle Um, a guide for life in 2017. (laughs) <laughs> right, I gotta yeah, tell I you, mean, Matt, yeah. when you said it's a girl It's a girl making her way I, I wanted to give you a Mary Tyler Moore tribute uh, Making her way in the world today Takes everything you that's got cheers And some guns I was gonna sing oh, cheers, yeah, too cheers. <laughs> But I'm sure Mary What's Tyler, Mary Moore, Tyler was Moore was a big fan of cheers <laughs> Okay, so if you If you read those If you listen to that audiobook Watch this movie and then read this book We want to hear from you which do you think was the most pop-cultured pick of the week? And, and I'm and, not going to lie. Nobody ever gives Matt a hard time on the internet, literally anywhere. So probably you should tell him if you liked Miss Peregrine's <laughs> Home for Peculiar Children because he's just always Everyone dealing with me on the internet 100%. and agrees with everything I say. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Judging by the box office and the Rotten Tomatoes score, Clay, I don't think you're going to win this one. The box office we'll was like see. $300 million. I don't think so. Yeah, it tripled his production budget. 300 million know. what? 300 million what? Pesos. <laughs> <laughs> Boxes of Skittles. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, without any further ado, we really should get to our interview today with Andrew Barron. Uh, you're going to love it. We had a great time. So with... Uh, so without even less further ado. Yeah, with, with even less ado <laughs> about nothing. <laughs> With us today is co-founder and creator of Human Wire and CEO of Human Wire, Andrew Barron. Andrew, welcome to the show. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're glad you're here. Uh, now, our tradition is uh, our first question that we ask of our guests is uh, we ask you to share your geek credentials. What's something you're a geek? What makes you a geek, basically? Well, I started programming on the first home computer, the TI-99-4A. Whoa. And I, um, I created Know Your Meme, which is um, sort of the preeminent 
information database for understanding memetics on the internet. Wait, you created Wait, that? You created Know Your Meme? Yep. Wow. What? How did I not know that already? That's amazing. <laughs> and I would say maybe, though, um, most importantly, uh, I created a site called ismycomputeron.com, which is an excellent <laughs> utility that you can use to tell whether or not your computer is on. You can just go to that website and it'll tell you. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. So since you started Know Your Meme, can we literally, we could bring up a meme and you you're, you have a comprehensive encyclopedic knowledge of it? Uh, well, no, there's just too much to keep track of everything. It's just too too crazy. But, um, but I have a pretty good understanding of how to... Um, how um how they come to be and how they're categorized and um sort of the the effect that they can have on the world okay i think already we need to have you on for a second show because right. we need to we need to talk about that but we don't want to distract uh from our topic today which is human wire so tell us a little bit about human wire how did it come into being and what's the idea behind the uh the organization great yeah um so human wire is a one to one support system for refugees it's really unique and uh i was living in new york city and actually i sold know your meme to um cheeseburger and i um ended up dating and getting married to uh, my, who's my wife, Rima, and she's from Lebanon. And so over the years, as I would travel to Lebanon, which is bordering with Syria, I noticed the impact that it had on her family whenever we would visit and just sort of the, just Lebanon in general. Lebanon has the greatest percentage of Syrian refugees out of any of the country, out of any country. Um, wow. are the greatest uh, ratio for their population. And so um, it's really just devastated the economy and the refugees don't live in camps. They just are all throughout the country, but they're not allowed to work. And it's just really a mess. So anyway, so I found myself never giving to the UNHCR and I always wanted to do something. I was reading all of the news and seeing the effect. And finally, it just dawned on me one night, I had this sort of epiphany of what I could do based on my experience and my skills with doing platforms, sort of like Know Your Meme or some others that I didn't mention. And um, so I just sat down and built it and released it and it started working. And so what it is, is a very simple concept. If you saw a child who was walking around downtown in your city it was only four years old or six years old and they were begging for money and they were unaccompanied. It just wouldn't happen because people, they were so young, somebody would take in that kid and start to help mm. that kid out. And in Beirut, there were so many kids that you ask yourself, why isn't that happening? It, it's because Beirut's a sophisticated city and you would expect the same thing. Nobody wants would allow for that to happen, but there's just too many. So I thought, well, mm. if I just connect with one of these kids, then it's really easy to use the available tools like a crowdfunding platform, say like GoFundMe to put up the profile of the kid. And then I can raise some money from my network, a few thousand dollars, and then I can get it to that kid. Cause I am, you know, no Lebanon. So 
that's not an unusual thought to have. Like that's an easy thought to have, but then the idea is how can you scale that? And that the missing piece is that the refugees don't really have access to the internet or know how to get onto the internet. And also people don't know how to access refugees. If you, mm-hmm. if I asked you or anybody in the audience, do you know a refugee that you could call up or would you know how to gain access to one for an interview? I think most people would say, no, not at all. And um, so, so I decided, well, I'll just create a platform where I could put up profiles of refugees and then allow other people to come along and sponsor them one-to-one. And that's the whole idea is it's sort of, instead of it being a charity where I pool money together and then go out with an agenda to go help a thousand refugees with the pool of money. Instead, all I have to do is match an individual with a refugee and then they can come together kind of like a family and start to get to know each other and raise money for the the refugee and then decide how to spend the needs. And so are the tool set and the platform is sort of like removing the charity from the middle and making a direct connection between the donor and the recipient. So it's a real simple concept. It's not inventing anything new, but it's sort of a new type of a platform that allows people to actually support a refugee where they are, even if you can't bring them into your own home. Andrew, uh, you know, a lot of there's been a lot of conversation, obviously, in the culture recently about refugees and about the concerns about vetting for refugees. Could you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, by the time someone ends up as a uh, on the Human Wire site, like what kind of vetting do they go through? Oh, well, I mean, a lot of people, the majority of them are probably read are, are in fact registered with the UNHCR. So there's that level. And then we have a lot of other ways to do identity verification that we employ. And we have people who are on the ground um, that are not just volunteers, but that are staff like in Lebanon and Turkey and Jordan and uh, Greece. So um, it's pretty extensive. We collect a, a huge amount of their family history and their personal data their passports, um, all, you know, all kinds of identification and, um, it's pretty extensive. And so there've been some cases, for example, where we didn't feel comfortable enough to bring somebody onto the platform, but, um, yeah, it's for the most part, um, that's not really a too big of a, of an issue. So what has been your reaction when you hear so much of these conversations? You, you, you personally, they're experiencing it. Does it frustrate you? Do you see it as understandable? Do you wish people realized how much background checking and vetting went into it? What is your personal experience with that? Um, so far, uh, it hasn't really been a big problem for people. Um, what's really neat is and when we put up a profile of somebody, we also provide the tools for people to get to know them. So we, the first thing they usually do is video chat. And then they get to sit there and actually talk to the family. We always provide a translator as well for the video chats. And um, it's truly a connection. And I mean, mm-hmm. you could say the same thing too. Like if I was 
conducting business with somebody in London that I had never met, how am I going to determine whether or not they're fraudulent or, or not? It's because I know how to sort of research. Mm-hmm. But if you're thinking to your, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't know how to do that kind of research in the, in the Arabic world. So that's sort of a bit of a stopgap. But for those that do, you realize it's the same. That's what I knew too when I started Human Wires that it's easy to go to Lebanon and do business there. And they love to do business with the U.S. and it's a stable country. But I think most people would be completely afraid to even figure out how to do that. Um, So there's a lot of um, cultural um, misnomers and misconceptions and that bridging of the culture gap is really extreme. But you find that actually they want the same things that we do here in the U.S. They want a nice car. They want, you know, a nice place to live and have their kids go to school and get a good education so they can become engineers and make a lot of money and, you know, uh, help the world. And it's just, it's the same. So that's, what's really neat too, that all that people are, that this platform is doing is it's enabling that bridging of the culture gap. So this platform, is it true that a hundred percent of the money goes to the refugees? Yeah, that's a, it's a really neat business model too. That's also very unlike other charities and other businesses. So what happens is, um, when uh, somebody comes along and decides, oh, I'll give $25 to this particular refugee that I see. His name might be uh, Jasmine, let's say. So he sees the picture and reads the story of Jasmine. He's living in a tent in Lebanon, says, I'm going to give $25 to him. And I just want it to be cash. And so um, when they go on to the, when they go on to the form where they fill out their credit card, we then add to the total $3 for an operating expense. However, we make it optional. So even though we've added it and now the new total is $28, they can click edit and say, no, no, no. I don't want human wire to have anything at all. I only want Jasmine to have the $25. Then they can do that and have the power to, and they can switch it to zero. And then they pay their $25 and then they sit there and wait because it's a pending order because they will wait for their evidence to come back. And then what they get back in about three days is a picture of Jasmine holding the $25 so they can see it. And it's not $23 because we took out our share and it's not $24.50 because of the banking fees or anything else. It's $25. And then if we made our $3 on top of that, then that's our 10 to 15% typically that we make on top of, but not from. So it's a really neat model. It's different than sort of a tip jar. And we don't, and we don't have to go ask people separately to give us money. So we're not out fundraising for us. We're just simply saying, if we can get a new host to connect, they'll go out to their network and raise a couple thousand dollars. And throughout those transactions, we'll add a little bit of extra for us. Over 90% of everybody accepts the fee. So we're generating about 10 to 15% operating costs on top of all money that gets distributed to the refugees. So it's really cool that way as well. That's awesome. 
I think I think it's really amazing. And I actually because this so a little later in the show we'll tell you more about this, but the story men, we've uh we've chosen a family that we're gonna adopt and ask our community to be a part of. Um but we all I, I wanted to try it out before we did that. So I I found a little girl from Syria and I gave a small donation uh to this to this little girl, to this refugee and her family. And, uh, yeah, it asked me if I wanted to give uh, a little bit of money to human wire and I got to make that decision. It was exactly like Andrew described. I've never seen that in a, a charitable donation before. Uh, usually it's kind of a hidden cost is how much is going to the organization. So that's pretty amazing. I really liked it. And it was super simple. Like it was, it was as I actually used PayPal, so I didn't use a credit card. I just signed in, clicked a button and it was done. It was, it was pretty amazing. So Andrew, one of the things I love about Human Wire is I go on the site and it's not really about politics at all. Like some refugee things I've looked at, uh, it's like if you're more conservative or more liberal politically as an American, you're going to find one or the other more compelling. Whereas I feel like Human Wire is really just saying, here are people in need of help. And many of them are never going to come to the United States. Many of them are, some of them are never going to leave uh, the place where they are now. Some of them are going to go back to their home country, but they're in need. We've looked at them, we've vetted them, uh, and you can give to their needs, not just finances, but you can actually order, like for some of them, it'll say, this person needs eggs. Will you give $3 for eggs? Like that sort of thing. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, and I love that it's not about politics. Like, is there any, what else about Human Wire is unique in the world of refugee kind of services and ministries? I mean, well, what, I mean, here's how we're looking at it. We're just a small startup. So like other small startups, you have bold aspirations. So take that with a grain of salt, but that's, okay. here's ours <laughs> that we're all, we all do believe. And that is that right now, here's the problem. There's 66 million people who are displaced. Every day, there's like over five or 10,000 people picking up their bags and flee, literally running away from their home. Mm -hmm. And so with 66 million people, the, there's really only a single entity that is managing this problem, and that's the UNHCR. All NGOs and others kind of contribute, but the UNHCR is sort of the legal domain over people's rights when they're in a in another country. So, so they um, are underfunded and they only have registered 23 million. So that means that out of all of the people who are displaced in the world, only a third are even under the domain of the UNHCR, wow. which is the de facto entity. And then um, of those third that are being supported by the UNHCR, the UNHCR never gets more than half of the budget that they need to operate on any year. They're all like this year, they're going to operate with 40% or something of what they need. So that means that when it trickles down and gets spread out, that people are not, even the people who are being supported are getting very little support. Like people in Lebanon get through UNICEF, for example, which is connected $13 a month for food, but food prices in Lebanon are very similar to 
here in the U.S., for example, like if you were to go to a big market and buy the market brand or the the low low end mac and cheese or whatever it is, like it's those are the same costs, same prices. So it's really just on everybody's just going into debt and it's not working. Yeah. So then the so there's nothing at all happening, and only one percent of all of that of those 65 million people will ever get asylum and in another country. Wow. So, um, so at human wire, when we think about this idea of like, when a, a host comes together with a family, it's sort of like one family or like a trustee relationship, or, you know, it's suddenly a network that they get that's coming to help and provide effective individualized support. Like maybe it's a medical need that they need or their kids or something that's individual. Cause we're all humans. And that, um, we believe that it's our platform is scalable. We can just keep connecting people. We've connected thousands. Now we can connect millions. And, um, and, and the, here's the beauty of it by breaking down the borders and there's, you don't have to worry about politics or political borders or anything because most people, if they've made it to Greece or to Turkey or to Lebanon, you can actually have a really, really nice life in those countries, but you have to have money and connections and be educated and other things like that. You need a network and you need some help. So it's, um, it's a neat idea. It's a way of, supporting refugees where they are and that anybody in the world can do it and they can help anybody in the world wherever they are. So it's really a cool concept. It's really amazing. I love it. Um, one of the things that's cool when you go on the website is that you can, you can look at people who already have hosts, which means people uh, somewhere who have said, we're going to help this refugee this refugee or this refugee family, and you can see what's needed and what people are raising for, or you can come in and say, I want to become a host. I want to choose a family or a refugee, and I'm going to use my network to try and come together and, and we'll help these people together. And we decided as a podcast, so JR, Clay, myself, and our, our producer, Aaron, that we wanted to do this. So JR went and looked at some of the people available and chose a family for us. JR, can you tell us a little bit about that process and, and uh, who, we're, who we're looking to help? Yeah, well, the process is super easy. You just go to humanwire.org and you you can scroll through and they have pictures of all of the families and then a little bit about their story and their need. And so uh, the family that I, I just chose one that really spoke to me and I sent the link to you guys and said, hey, here's the family. I think, you know, that for me, uh, I think that it'd be awesome for us to support and no one had any objections. So um, we are going to support a family. The husband's name is Kamel and his wife's name is Lama. And they have two daughters, uh, Tiba, who is eight, and Marwa, who is four. Uh, and I'm just going to read the bio off their profile so you just kind of get a sense of 
what the bio I mean this is you you can go you can go actually right now uh, if you type in uh, tiny.cc slash storyman refugees you can it links right to their human wire site so you can see it um, but the bio says uh, Kamel was an employee of the Ministry of Education and a small business owner before he and his wife Lama were forced to flee Iraq in September 2015 facing political violence the family was finally granted asylum in Turkey after weeks of living in hiding uh, Tiba has autism and a very serious issue with one of the arteries in her brain. Despite having found work in carpentry, Kamel does not have the funds to give Tiba proper medical treatment or place her in a school that can accommodate her disability. He's also worried that their home is impeding her health development. Uh, recently, Kamel suffered an on-the-job accident when a large machine fell on his chest, breaking several of his ribs. He was hospitalized for a week, but his employer refused to assist in the payment of his medical bills. Since then, he has been in constant search for a stable job. Kamel and Lama are extremely concerned with their daughter's medical condition and require assistance to pay for medical bills and food. They also hope to eventually move into a house more suitable for Tiba's special needs. That I mean, that's pretty amazing. Uh, it's incredible that we're <laughs> we haven't done anything yet, but that we're connected to this family through Andrew and his organization. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. So Andrew, so this uh, the goal on the site, which was there when we signed up, was the thirty five hundred dollar goal. I, so is that I, like a? I chose. That oh, you goal, put that goal. Actually, I'm sorry. Yeah. Matt. So yeah, no, no, that's fine. So, so tell us how this is, works. Is this, yeah, ahead. the host gets to pick a goal, and actually, there wasn't. I, I I basically thought of our network, and I thought, what do I feel pretty confident we could do? Uh, I feel certain we can do $3,500 for this family to help them with medical expenses, rent, food, uh, you know, medical expenses for Kamel as well as for Tiba with uh, the, uh, you know, all the things that she's going through. Um, I think we could probably do more because th- th- if 35 people gave $100, we would be there already. And we'll be connecting with the family to hear more about their specific needs and if you give in various amounts, you'll see on the site, like they'll set us up with uh, interviews and things that we can do together to actually talk to the family uh, online and, and things like that, which is which is also really cool. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a chance, I think, for all of us have been I, I've had many people write me and say, how can we help refugees? Well, here's a really easy way that we can do it. Uh, and and. Once we get started here, uh, I actually have it already, but we'll get their address and we can actually send them care packages or letters and things like that if we would like to. So, uh, Andrew, anything you'd add about the process and kind of what we're looking at? Yeah, I mean, what also is going to be really neat is um, once you've raised your goal, um, then that full amount is basically in your dashboard sitting there looking like a bank account sort of like as if it's sort of saying your account is has X amount in it. And then it's your job to fill out distribution orders based on whatever you want to spend it on. And then our team will act basically like a Postmates or almost like a, a dispatch to put together your orders. Like let's say you speak with the family and you say, now that we have these funds, uh, do you have a sense of what your medical needs are and your education? And you can come up with a plan of how you want to spend it. And then, and then once you release the funds in each case, those orders will be pending and you'll receive back actual photographs of everything. If it, for example, if you had paid for an MRI 
you would get back photos of the family literally in the hospital. Plus you would get back the re- a photocopy of the receipt from the hospital. You might even decide yourself to research more and find a cheaper hospital or it's just sort of opening up a whole world it, as wow. if you were here in the U.S. Like, what would you do for your brother if he was in another state? You would know how to sit where you are and navigate the services and goods and get them taken care of and uh, find the right places. So our team will enable you to do that. And then once you're satisfied with the right um, estimates and stuff, then you release the funds and get back the full report. So you become, have become now the, the mini charity basically. So it's really neat that way as well. We don't have any agenda where we're going to say you should do this or you should do that. It's a hundred percent up to you. It's amazing. And so we're really adopting this family as part of the story men community. I'm getting kind of choked up. Um, It'll be amazing I, to bring I, them on the show. I think that'll be really, really cool. Um, yeah. That's that. That's what everybody needs the most, even more than a, something. I found that refugees uh, in this situation, um, by the way, y'all's family being from Iraq, Iraq and um, Afghanistan are really under under the radar in the news, of course, compared to Syria. But out of those uh, five to 10,000 people that are picking up every day and running away, that's exactly where they're coming from, is Iraq, Af- Afghanistan, and Syria. And um, it's just horrible, like the extent of it. Um, But yeah, it's um, what they're missing the most is a connection. It's hard for us to imagine not having somebody to call to be like, could I sleep on your couch for just one week? Times are tough. You know, there's so many people you could sleep on their couch or, hey, could I just borrow $25? I really need it just to get through the rest of, you know, the week or something. And they literally have nobody to call or even to say, how do I apply for asylum or who can help me with my son's medical issue? And so we take that for granted, but this is opening up a door. That's what, that's the most powerful thing that I think that you could bring even more than money is this network of people of minds, your audience who might think, you know, Considering that he's a construction worker, I have a friend who happens to have an uncle in Turkey, and da 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 da. Next thing yeah, you know, um, so that kind of thing is what's really powerful. Well, and that's that's what we're going to do. So in the next thirty days, we're going to try and raise thirty five hundred dollars. Us as a community, uh, any amount you give is going to go straight to this family. Uh, whether whether it's $5 or $100 or $500, just an amount that's significant to you. And then we're going to give you updates the next several shows on how the fundraising is going. And then beyond that, we'll continue giving you updates about the family, where your money has gone, how how that's happened, how you can be in contact with them, and we'll continue to be in contact with them as well. So, Andrew, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Uh, the, the website is humanwire.org. Uh, and uh, any, anywhere else, Andrew, that we can find you online for our listeners? That's the place to find me. Um, for If you'd like to see what other people are saying about us, um, about 95% of all of our net, of all the people that are using it and 
and talking about it are kind of on Facebook for some reason. Okay. So if you just go to Facebook and do a search for human wire, you'll see how, like what other people are doing and other types of hosts and, um, see what's, what others think. And, um, yeah, other than that, thank you guys so much. I think what you're doing is, um, it's the most amazing thing that you can do. And it, as you were saying, it's not really political at all. It just cuts right through. In fact, all the haters who don't want refugees to come, well, this suits their needs too, because this yeah. takes care of them where they are instead of um, bringing them here. If, if that's what your angle is or. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. This is literally something anyone can be a part of. If you care about, uh, you know, human beings in need in other parts of the world, this is, this is a chance for us to be a part of it. So, Andrew, thanks for being with us. Uh, everyone, as always, you can find us on storymen.us or facebook.com slash the storymen. And the website for our human wire uh, for our family is tiny.cc slash storymenrefugees. And that'll take you straight to the human wire site where uh, Kamel, Lama, Tiba, and Marwa's families uh where all their information is and where you can give. So thanks so much for joining us, Andrew, and we'll, we'll see you all again next time. All right, great. there's a man rather sometimes there's some men and I'm talking about the story men here and I know what you're thinking those are some tall fellers I don't know if that's three stories separately or three combined well we're missing the point sometimes there's some men and you want to know what these hombres are about well I won't say they're heroes they're just the men who are right for their time and place these men, uh, shoot, we lost my place. Well, I've probably introduced them enough, so just relax for a spell and bend your ear their way.